comes the sun, little darling. Here comes the sun. I say it's alright. Hello, this is Sharon Khan. I'm a serial entrepreneur, CEO of Pepperlane, mother of two daughters, and the host of Step Out of Line. I started this podcast for one simple reason. I'm curious about what made people take turns in their life, when and why they took risks, what inspired them to step out of line and write their own stories, even though the outcome was not clear. I'm looking to interview people that have the courage not to follow a straight line and to follow their own truth. Step Out of Line was born after I listened to Alex Burstein that shared this powerful story during her Amy's acceptance speech. Listen to it. My grandmother turned to a guard. She was in line to be shot into a pit, and she said, what happens if I step out of line? And he said, I don't have the heart to shoot you, but somebody will. And she stepped out of line. And for that, I am here. And for that, my children are here. So step out of line, ladies. Step out of line. Growing up as a kid, I never had people asking me what my dream was. When you change the narrative around the youth and introduce them to a concept of dreaming, it allows them to know what is possible beyond what they see that's right in front of them. And I've just noticed that it's such a powerful tool and such a powerful experience. It is my pleasure to introduce my guest, Matthew Rivera. Matt is a recent first-generation college grad, and at only 21 years old, he's already changing the world. Matt has an unparalleled focus of mentoring youth and encouraging them to always chase their dreams. Matt is a motivational speaker, an aspiring author, and the program director of the Dream Support Network, where he helps run Ice Cream for a Dream giving out over 10,000 free ice creams each year to kids who tell him their dreams. He's also the program manager for Creative Media Design Academy, teaching middle and high school students photography, videography, graphic design, and pairing them with college mentors. Matt is so charismatic and has such a powerful message for the world to never stop chasing your dreams you have to hear this inspirational conversation with Matt. Thank you for joining me today to our podcast, Step Out of Line. It is my pleasure to host you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I'm super excited already. That's wonderful. Um, how about we start from the beginning? Tell me a little bit about... Um, what was it like to grow up in your family? Um, well, for starters, I, did, I grew up without a father. Um, my mom was a single mother, um, but I feel as though growing up with a single mother truly showed me um, how important it is to lead, um, how important it is to be selfless, and how important it is to always take matter into your own hands. And the reason why I say that is because my mom is literally the backbone of our entire family. Um, she's had the same number, like virtually, like for over like what, 20 years now. And any single time there's something that's going on in our family, whether our immediate family or our extended family, like people call her. So like all of the mothers learn how to raise their children because of my mother, 
um, whenever people are having like issues with like signing forms or any documents or things of that nature, like people call my mom um, and my mom taught me how important it is to commit now and figure it out later. Um, and when I say that is, even though, even if she didn't know how to help you in that very moment, um, she would still say that, yes, she would help you. And then right after she got off the phone with you, she would just do whatever she needed to do in order to be able um, to, to just help. And um, that's helped me out so much today because I kind of take on that same mantra, just commit now and figure it out later. And you grew up in the Bronx. Yes, what was I it did. like? What was it like to grow up? And do you have siblings? Yes, I do. So um, I have a 19-year-old brother. Uh, his name is Malik. I have a six-year-old brother. His name is Mason. And then I have a two-year-old sister, Kaylani. Wow. Uh, what was it like to grow up in the Bronx? Um, well, growing up in the Bronx, um, it taught me how important it is to just be super aware of everything that's going on around you and how important it is to just live like so upbeat um, and always just on the move and on the go. And I never realized um, how growing up in the Bronx impacted me until I moved out of the Bronx and then I came to college when I started coming to Trinity College. Um, when I came to Trinity College, I just noticed that um, I was always such a go, go, go kind of person and yeah. people, like uh, some people just couldn't keep up with it. Um, and sometimes it, it often felt as if it was effortless. Um, I remember when I came to Trinity, um, I literally had, I, all, I, all I was, I, were, I was only taking four classes. Um, and when I was taking these four classes, um, I immediately started going to a bunch of different departments and saying, I'm, I'm bored on this campus. Just only focusing on academics, it's, it's not, fulfilling. I need more. I need more. I need more. Um, so literally that semester, um, I started off interning at the engineering department at Trinity. Um, and then the following semester, I took on two additional jobs. Um, and ever since then, I've just been able to really build myself into an impactful leader on campus because of that go-getter mindset of um, growing up and being raised in the Bronx. And that is driven because because what tell me where where is this is this drive what what did you learn from the bronx i mean it's the city that never sleeps um yeah. new york is a city that never sleeps and i've just always grown up around people who had to work with what they had um yeah. and you know in this day and age we're seeing with the with the rise of the reporting and the advocacy on behalf of racial injustices, uh, people that come from where I come from, myself included, um, we had to make lemonade out of like virtually nothing oftentimes because um, we were just always given the short end of the stick. Um, so growing up in the Bronx, I've just always learned how to truly just make the most of what you have and also fight for what you want. Um, and I feel like another um, good quote to answer your question is closed mouths don't get fed. That's what people mm -hmm. say often um, in the Bronx and in New York. Um, and I just, I've always learned from a very young age that um, since systems were never built for us, they would never give us what we needed in order to live. Um, so many people often don't get an opportunity to live and what they only have, have an opportunity to do is survive. Um, 
and growing up as someone who who's only been conditioned to survive now that i'm blessed with opportunities to actually live i'm not just living but i'm making the most of what yeah like the life that i'm living so, and you were the first one to go to college in your family yes so at a very young age my mother always put um that seed in me that you know education is the key to your liberation you know um a lot of people a lot of people in my community they try to um either become music artists or play sports and i knew that neither neither one of those paths were built for me um so my mom always pushed um the importance of education um my yeah. mom was a high school dropout um but she she was still very intelligent she still is very intelligent um so that's why she always pushed that notion of just pursuing higher education and as the years went on and i started um trucking along and actually performing pretty well academically um a lot of my family started to take on that notion of Matthew you're going to be the first to go to college wow. and i just used that as um positive fuel and reinforcement um to really just be that beacon of light and make make sure that i'm rescripting um my family legacy because like i said my mom was the backbone of my family so it's only right that i take on that same sort of responsibility and pursue that with the younger generation with showing them listen um none of our family were, were ever able to go to college but now that i'm graduating from college you know you know maybe you all can go to college um so that's also why i i just graduated with my um my bachelor's but i think i might go all the way to getting my doctorate just again to raise that bar and and really just show people um what's possible right so first of all congratulations and Thank i you. um it's okay if i will say that you're 21 years old right yes correct yeah i i want to just pause on this uh i want to know what does it feel like to be a black young man in the midst of a crisis graduating in the corona era in the midst of um racial injustice everything is i feel is now unpacking uh, what how does it feel how does um, it feel it honestly depends on the day um to answer that question just in one sentence but uh i guess i'll just say how does it feel today um today it feels like there is a lot of work to be done um but i'm more so blessed with an opportunity to actually understand what is going on um because due to the systems that are put in place a lot of my people aren't even granted an opportunity to really understand and digest what is going on in the world uh many people are slaves to the systems that they don't even understand how or why um so to i remember when i first came to college um i was i was i was one of those people who just didn't know what was going on in the world and i went to this conference um it's the chas conference it's for um black men um to yeah. come together from different um colleges across the country to talk about um issues that are going on in their communities issues that are going on in education systems issues that are going on around the world and i literally learned about things such as the prison industrial complex i learned about um the school to prison pipeline um and i learned about redlining and the gi bill and when i learned all of these different things um 
I remember Lamont Hill, uh, Lamont, yeah, Lamont Hill. I th- yeah, I think that's his name. Wow, I'm blanking on the name. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I remember the keynote speaker, um, he was talking about all of these different topics. And when he, when he, when it was time to ask questions, I literally stood up and said, I don't know any of these things that you're talking about. Like, how do I learn? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was from that moment that my life changed forever because he gave me um, one of his books. Um, so his name is Mark Lamont Hill. There you go. Mark Lamont Hill. I just found, I just saw the book. So he yeah. gave me one of his books. He gave me a signed copy. Um, he also gave me um, a copy of the new Jim Crow. Um, and it was from there that I was actually able to understand uh, a lot of the disparities um, that we're faced against. Um, and it was from there that it kind of guided my approach to unpacking how I feel and also determining what actions am I going to take um, to change this problem. Um, so fast forward to today, um, I've pretty much found my role in liberating my people. Um, and when you say peop- your people, who do you mean? Black people. Black, people. black and brown people, any, anyone who's, anyone from any marginalized communities. Um, yep. The reason why I say my people is because um, I don't want anyone to feel left out from what I'm saying. And I feel like oftentimes it's easy to forget about trans people. It's easy to forget about non-gender conforming people. It's easy to forget about black women. It's easy to forget about black men. It's easy to forget about people who are black and disabled. Um, So when I say my people, um, it, it has that love and that care behind it and that yeah. inclusivity that we so often forget about. So you talked a lot about your mom. She's definitely your role model, I can tell. Is there any religious background Do you, uh, you know, I, I'm talking to you and I'm looking at 21 years old and I can't believe that. You're, you're you know, uh, are you, what is your, what do you believe in? Okay, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I'm glad you asked. Um, so truthfully told, I've always grown up like knowing that God like existed, but I didn't really have any religious backgrounds. Uh, my family never went to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as a kid, um, I always used to ask to go to church, though, for some odd reason. And I went to church one time as a kid and I loved it and I wanted to go back. Um, but we just never got an opportunity to do so. Um, and then fast forward to high school, um, my girlfriend at the time said, well, if you want to be with me, then you have to go to church. And I said, sign me up. <laughs> so we went to church um, and I fell in love with the experience. We went to Times Square Church. It's a, a huge uh, non-denominational church um, mm-hmm. in New York City. Um, thousands of people go every, every week. Um, people from all different walks of life, people who speak different languages, like they'll hook up the the um, the interpreter machines into their ears, like so many different people. And I went to a service every Sunday evening called Real People, Real Service, Real, Real People, Real Stories with Pastor David Ham. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the style of the service was they'd have three people come in and share their testimonies. Um, and I would go every Sunday and after a few weeks, I said, there's no way that God can't be real if three people would always come up each Sunday and just share their like crazy experiences with how they found God. Um, So I started becoming more serious about going to church. 
Um, and then I, when I came to college, uh, we broke up and I'd never really had a church to go to. So I kind of um, left that chapter of my life. Um, and then my sophomore year, I remember I met um, Pastor Trevor Buford at an event called Call, the Calling Our Brothers 100 Men of Color Welcome Back Tour. Um, and at this event, there were pretty much um, over 100 um, men from the greater Hartford area that were dressed in professional attire that were welcoming students back to their first weeks of school. Um, and I remember I went with my organization at the time that I was co-president of the Men of Color Alliance. And when we went, um, before we got out of the car, I told them there are some people here that can possibly change our lives individually and as an organization. So let's make sure that we build these connections, that we meet these people um, and we see what we can get out of it. Um, and like I said, I met Pastor Trevor Buford there. Um, and the reason why I met him was so interesting because I didn't actually go up to speak to him, but there was a crowd of people around him. And I said, if there's so many people around him, like, why am I not speaking to this guy? So I spoke to him. Um, and then a week later, we um, grabbed lunch. Um, and he didn't really talk to me about um, God um, or like church or anything of that nature. And that was quite interesting to me because, um, you know, most people think that pastors are just trying to get people to just join their churches and just check off that box that they have more members in their congregation. But it wasn't like that at all. Um, he genuinely wanted to build a relationship and to make, to, to finish off this long winded story. Um, yeah, two years later, I am a member of his church and I am now a Baptist Christian um, and I'm a fearless servant of God. I read the Bible every single day. Um, I have a, a joy of talking to people about the Bible um, and it's literally changed and blessed my lives, my life in so many ways. And I'm just grateful for the way that God scripted my introduction mm. to him. Yeah. So this is a great entry point to ask you, uh, I'm looking on your uh, t-shirt. Yes. Tell me about the Dream Chasers. Okay, so organization and what do you do for kids? Absolutely. So um, the Dream Support Network, um, in the Dream Support Network, we have Ice Cream for a Dream. And Ice Cream for a Dream is the staple event of the Dream Support Network. Um, pretty much since 2012, uh, we've exchanged 10,000 ice creams per summer. Um, so we're going on year eight now. Um, and actually last year, um, 2019, we exchanged 20,000. 20,000 ice creams. And our concept is really simple. Uh, we ask one simple question, what is your dream? And if you tell us your dream, we exchange an ice cream sandwich. Um, and pretty much the reason why I feel as though ice cream for a dream is super important is because growing up as a kid, I never had people telling, asking me what my dream was. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like when you change the narrative around the youth and introduce them to a concept of dreaming um it allows them to know what is possible beyond what they see that's right in front of them um and i've just noticed that it's just such a powerful um it's such a powerful tool and such a powerful experience i've heard um some amazing dreams and there are so many kids who i see um more than once and when I see them the second, the third, the fourth time, you can sort of see how they actually gave that question some thought and 
maybe the first time around, they may not have said something that was actually their dreams. But as we continue to ask those questions and as we continue to come out into different into our communities, um, kids are able to truly not only say dreams and say better dreams, but also believe in those dreams and actually start working towards those dreams. So for those young dream chasers that actually believe in their dreams, uh, we also have the 10 types of dreams workshops, which pretty much just maps out the 10 different categories of dreams. Uh, just to name a few, we have the materialistic dream, your philanthropy dream, your family dream, your relationship dream, uh, your adventure dream, your education dream, your travel dream. Um, and in that, we also talk to you about what we believe is the dream chasing process. So that's, I like to say that's the blueprint and the secret sauce to actually making a dream into a reality and the dream chasing processes. Step number one is decide. You have to decide on what your dream is. Step number two, develop a plan um, and not a 5,000 step plan that accurately maps out point A to point B, but something that can at least get you moving and get you moving forward. Um, because what I like to say is um, chasing your dreams is like flying on an airplane. When you went to board, you, you aren't immediately taking off, but you at least have to be moving forward and build enough speed and traction so that you can finally take off. Um, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Let, let's just pause for one second. Go, goosebumps all over. Uh, that's incredible. So uh, take me through your day. You are taking an ice cream tra track, and mm -hmm. do you go to certain neighborhoods? I mean, are you trying to get to areas where you think kids really need i mean who 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 is who is the typical kid that get to be part of this an incredible uh, organization so that's 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 yet another good question um for starters um we pretty much just go to any community events mm -hmm. um and we typically try to meet uh, we, we typically try to go out to anywhere that people request us. Um, that's what we try to live by um, at the Dream Support Network. Um, but um, I've conducted a 30 for 30 challenge where I pretty much just went all around the city of Hartford each, each day for 30 days and exchanged 100 ice creams. So typically we're um, serving um, black and brown youth from underserved um, communities yeah. um, because again, um, in those communities, we don't really have enough people asking, um, what is your dream? So, and then you invite them to join the workshop. Yeah, so then we also partner up with many different schools and community organizations to meet them where they are, to give them the workshops. To, we have a summer program as well that we've done in previous years. We have different tools, we have gear, we have something yeah. called the Dream Chaser Deck. Um, so a bunch of different products that we try to give to, um, these kids and the youth um, to really help change the trajectory of their lives. That's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So how many, how many kids do you think you, you're able to reach to? How many kids' life did you change? Oh, my goodness. Uh, to put a, a number to it, um, it, would, it would actually be extremely difficult because, um, like I said, we exchanged 10,000 ice creams. Wow every summer alone. Wow, 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 that's incredible. And, and then in addition to that, we partner with a number of different schools yeah. um, to do workshops, to give speeches. Um, we've packed out auditoriums to give speeches because I, um, I'm also a motivational speaker. Um, 
I'm also one who truly loves and values mentorship. So I mentor, I mentor a bunch of um, kids privately in addition to all of the community work that I do. So to put a number to it, I, I, I just truly yeah. couldn't, I couldn't do yeah. so. So you're doing that. You're also a motivational speaker. What else do you do in your free time while you're trying to Man. keep your education on, on track? So I'm, I'm actually doing a few different things, particularly in the month of July. Um, I'm program manager for Creative Media Design Academy, um, where we teach 28 middle and high school students photography, videography, and graphic design by trained professionals. And then we also assign them with college mentors. I'm doing that. Um, I'm also launching a 75-hour, five-week program with Blue Hill Civic Association. So I'll be partnered with another 20 kids. And I'm pretty much just going to be focused on focusing on personal development, motivation, and finding innovative ways to explore the city of Hartford in the midst of the pandemic. Um, I am also, um, I'm supposed to be working on a book. But are, you, are you writing a book? <laughs> I, I started writing a book, but I, I took a what, break. What is it? Give us, give us a hint. Come on. Oh. Step out of line, audience. We want to be the first one to hear. Oh, man. So I've, I've never publicly said what this book is going to be about. So let me, I'll try my best to give the step out of line audience what they deserve yeah. for sticking through this episode <laughs> with us. Um, so what I'll say is this. Um, I'm trying to take a new spin um, to reading and engaging with books. So mm -hmm. there is a certain amount that you must read each and every day. And there'll be an innovative way. There'll be multiple innovative ways for you to engage and like build a relationship with the book and not just pick it up just to read it and just get to the end. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So uh, I'm just curious, you know, if um, I want to just pause on dreams for one second. And it might look like an awkward question because that's what you're doing. But I, I want to I talk about dreams. Do you think that dreams right now available for everyone or for certain kids that are privileged? So I've actually had many conversations around this because a lot of my work is centered around dreams. Um, and for a period of time, I stopped posting about dreams on my social media platforms just to respect the fact that there's so much going on in the world. Right. Um, but today, my answer to that question is our dreams are our opportunities and our imagination of envisioning our liberation. And if we suppress one's ability to dream and to imagine, then we, uh, we suppress one's ability to take off the shackles and chains of, the, of um, all of the systems of oppression that entangle us. Um, and that's something that it took a very long time for me to grapple with and come to terms with, because you're right. Um, some, of the, some of the dreams, like an adventure dream, for example, may be a very privileged dream or a travel dream, maybe something that could be a very privileged dream um, or just even taking the time out of your day to release yourself of all the trauma, release yourself from all the worry, release yourself from all the stress and think, what does a positive future look like? But again, I feel like that's one of the, the 
um, the scary things about white supremacy as a system is that it not it's not only like physical enslavement through navigating these different systems and barriers, but it's also a mental slavery as well because it suppresses your ability to to think about what a good life could actually look like. Yeah, or prevent you from dreaming, right? right. I mean, that's uh, you know that's the part which I absolutely admire your work because this is the place where no one can take freedom from absolutely. no matter what absolutely uh, so i'm curious you know you grew up with without your uh without your biological father do you have any any role model as a young man that you're looking towards i mean you know i i just get the sense that i'm gonna hear about you and one day uh, I may even vote for you. So, who, who is your? It could be. It could be dead or alive. I'm just curious to know who are your role models. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm a big supporter of mentorship, and right. a lot of people. <laughs> some who are probably listening right now are laughing at the question that you just asked me because. I have so many mentors that sometimes it makes no sense. Um, I but I, like hear, I hear some, some, uh, some words of, you know, Dr. King. Oh. I, hear, I hear a little bit of, uh, of the Obama um, okay. attitude. I'm just curious to know, are you, are you spending time reading and learning um, what makes young black men successful or it's just natural for you? I, I no. just hear a lot, um, a combination of these two and maybe I just chose to believe, but. No, absolutely. So I, I do a lot of reading on um, like successful black people, like across America and across the world. Um, I've studied many different social movements um, throughout our history, um, but in addition to that, I'm also one who tries his best to connect with all the champions and all the hidden champions of our communities as well. So that's why, like I was saying earlier, I have so many different mentors. Um, I have lawyers that are mentors. Um, I have motivational speakers that are mentors. I have business owners that are mentors. I have pastors that are mentors. Um, they're not necessarily famous. They're still your role models. So, so yeah, they're absolutely my role models because... I get to see the unplugged side of them. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's the most important part um, because it's easy to, to emulate the show that you put on when you're on stage, but what are you actually doing behind the scenes to become that person and to Matters. become better than that person? That's yeah. what I'm particularly interested in. And that's what's allowed me to become the person that I am today. And, and you know, I want to say something about leadership. You know, we always think about, you know, are you really a leader, right? But I actually think that leaders are also get measured by the mentors that want to spend time with them. So I think it just shows how, um, what kind of a leader you are and you're going to be if you have so many mentors that want to follow and invest in you so Absolutely. that that shows about your potential 
So that, that brings me to the next question. So if you and I will meet five years from now, right, where are you going to be? <laughs> uh, so Or maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going to go. So you're 21, right? 21. What is the earliest age you can be elected to the president of the United States? I'm just curious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, no, okay, um, let's do that. Let's, let's just play this game. 20 years from now. 20 years from now. Yeah. Um, 20 years from now, I will have uh, my motivational uh, consultation firm, um, which will allow um, individuals to come in and get their own individualized motivational experience. Mm -hmm. and work with myself um, one-on-one. In addition to that, I want to have a speakers bureau um, that will um, recruit young kids, um, young working professionals who are interested in pursuing motivational speaking um, as a career. Um, So they will be assigned, um, uh, they will be assigned, um, they'll be assigned an agent that will allow them to um, receive bookings they will be assigned to speaking coaches that will help to um, improve their ability to deliver speeches. Um, so in addition to my speaking bureau and my motivational consultation firm, um, I will also have had sold out Madison Square Garden um, for everyone to come and hear me deliver a, a motivational speech. Um, I love that. I, Ice Cream for a Dream and the Dream Support Network will be a global um, organization. Um, I will probably be living in California because um, I've always wanted to live in a place that felt like a permanent vacation. Um, my family will be financially stable. Uh, so one of my biggest dreams since I was a little kid has always been to change the socioeconomic status of my entire family. So I, I will have successfully done that. Um, and I would also ha- be a published author um, and I can just keep going. <laughs> Whoa, no, I, I, I love that. I can just listen to you all day. Um, but you haven't mentioned politics. No, no interest in getting into politics. So funny enough, I actually ran for, um, I ran for public office in the city of Hartford um, this past summer. I ran on a mayoral slate in the city of Hartford as constable. So it was a, uh, like a civil sheriff. So the people who deliver um, legal documents um, across the city. Um, I do have a passion for politics and I do have a passion for serving um, my people. Um, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure if being an elected official is something that's down the road, but I'm definitely grateful for people like Brandon McGee um, who've opened the doors for me to even think that yeah pursuing politics is something that's possible. What about racism? Is it going to be easier to be a young man, black young man, 20 years from now? Absolutely. Um, And the reason why I say that is because there are so many uh, fearless leaders that are not only pouring into the movements and pouring into fighting and combating uh, combating the systems, but there are also young people who are pouring into themselves which brings me back to the point earlier about chasing your dreams. When you chase the dream, when you chase your dream, you break systems, you break, um, you break uh, stereotypes um, and you truly just continue to redefine and rescript what it means to be black in America. Um, so myself with my lane, 
of getting people to live their dreams and actually achieve them, that's that's a one of the puzzle pieces in the grander scheme of alleviating uh, like racism in America. So yes, I think it will be a lot better. And I actually want to give a huge shout out to the Emoja Coalition at Trinity College. This is breaking news. Um, the president of Trinity College, Joanne Burger Sweeney, um, responded to um, all of the demands that um, a group of students at Trinity College released um, demands um, asking for things such as the renovation of um, the the cultural houses on campus, um, renaming buildings um, that were named after previous slave owners. Mm -hmm. um, having um, more funding for big events such as the hip hop festival at Trinity College and the Samba festival at Trinity College. Um, and I can literally go on and list out all of the demands that the Moja Coalition published that the school is now responding to. And that's exactly why I say that in 20 years from now, it will be a lot different because people are finding any way possible and are making sure that they're doing it the best way possible to get what they deserve and they're not taking no for an answer. So shout yeah, out to Trinity it, College. Yeah, that's, that is incredible. Um, I'm very glad to hear that. Um, I am so impressed, you know, in, in this uh, very difficult time, there's so much anger and rage and lack of optimism. Right. And I don't hear any of that from you. Uh, instead, what I hear is a vision, is about very being uh, persistent. It's about perseverance. Uh, but I also hear hope, right? And 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 leadership and optimism. And that's that's something that can really drive change. So, um, if you ever decide that or you need somewhere to, or you need voters, just let us know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, I think, I think your, uh, your leadership is magnetic. And I can't believe you're 21. Thank I you. cannot believe that you're 21 years old. Thank you. Uh, so I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. It was such a pleasure. And as a mother, I can... I even I even checked your Instagram and I think I saw a really uh, such a um, beautiful uh, photo of you and your mother. Yes. Yeah. Did she kiss you there? In the it was so, yes. such a beloved moment. So um, you know our audience are um, many mothers from um, from any 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 place in the country. So we, I, I think your mother, your mother must be so proud of you. Thank you. So, Thank you. Um, I want to finish with the last question. We always have, we always love to ask our guests, uh, what is the song that they have right now in their head? And the reason yes. for that is because, you know, songs and music is so uplifting, especially mm -hmm. in difficult times. So I'm curious to know which song do you want to pick and if you can tell us the story behind why did you pick this song yes so um the song that i've picked is worth fighting for by brian courtney wilson um so that is a gospel song uh, for those who do not know 
Um, and the reason why I picked a gospel song is because um, I'm, I'm literally on a gospel fast where all I'm listening to is gospel music right now. I've mm-hmm. been doing it for about a month now. Um, and the reason why I like that song is because it, I think it just speaks to um, this entire podcast episode in itself, because it's basically just talking about how like my life is worth fighting for. Uh, my people are worth fighting for um, the, the cause and racism is worth fighting for and fighting against. Um, and I feel like it, it it's such a beautiful song um, if you ever get the time to listen to it because it, it truly just puts into perspective um, why it's important to, to be fighting and to always be tired in the work, but not tired of the work. Thank you. And now listen to the song. You made me to show me you would never leave me there you claim because I was made for so much more I am your child and I'm worth fighting for oh heavy with the weight of my mistakes you carried me and refused to let me sink under the pressure you meant for me to soar I am your child and I'm worth fighting for Matt anything else you want to close uh, before we leave any last words from you since I I'm sure um, I will have the opportunity to either interview you or meet you in the future I have no doubt and I can't wait to see where are you going to take your journey it's absolutely um, inspiring and give me again as a mother so much hope thank you so uh, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for allowing me to be an um, a guest on your show um, and for those of you who are listening um, who are deciding um, you know I want to step out of line uh, I want to live the life of my dreams um, I'll tell you this one last quote Um, life isn't all about going from zero through through 100 because there is one through 99 in between. Um, so today, after you listen to this episode, I want you to just figure out how am I going to go from zero to one and just watch how your life will change forever. Um, you know, when you understand that whether you're going up and down, you're always going forward, it will stop you from going around in circles. Never stop dreaming. Never stop dreaming. Thank you so much, Matt. I could keep you here forever if, I, <laughs> if it was up to me. It's uh, such, a, such a wonderful experience. Thank you for coming um, and being with us today. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good one. You too. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Here comes the sun, little darling. Here comes the sun.